All right, welcome back to the show. Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. We've had a very busy show here this morning mm-hmm. talking about the BC vaccine card system set to set to kick in. I spoke to a human rights lawyer about it who predicted a human rights complaint uh, because of lack of exemptions if you can't take the vaccine. We I also spoke to the owner of uh, some of the more popular pubs in Victoria. I know you're familiar with these places. Oh, yeah. The, the Matt, Matt Banker, McNeil, great, great guy. Matt McNeil, you know this great guy. guy. He's a very well-known pub owner in, yep. in uh, Victoria, and he's requiring his staff to get vaccinated, mm-hmm. 300. He said there's probably a couple of holdouts who may be fired if they don't get the vaccine. And he also supports the vaccine card system, saying, yes, come on in. We think this will be good. Well, Some businesses complaining, though. Yeah, one in uh, Esquimalt, uh, a cafe in Esquimalt, saying they're not going to enforce this. You've got a fitness uh, studio, a couple um, outlets in Victoria saying they're not going to enforce this. Um, it, you know, it, it's going to work different ways in different parts of the province. So the, the reality is in the capital region and Metro Vancouver, most of Metro Vancouver in the capital region, we've got nearly 90% first dose in, in the general population. So by and large, whether there's a passport requirement or not, the odds are when if you go into an establishment in Victoria or Vancouver, 9 out of 10 people around you are vaccinated with at least one dose. And by the time September 13 kicks around, the double dose number will be close to over 80%. So the odds are you're you're basically going to be around vaccinated people. Where it's different is once you get beyond Metro Vancouver and the capital region, the numbers start to plummet in terms of vaccinations. Dawson Creek, for example, 55% vaccination rate. That number number is not moving, folks. They've been at that level for that low level for a long time. The Dawson Creek Chamber of Commerce has now moved a motion or issued a statement saying they, they oppose this whole idea. Wow. You've got Fort St. John barely over 60%. Williams Lake about 65, 67%. Nelson is barely cracking 70%. Creston, uh, Enderby, Vanderhoof. You've got a number of communities in the interior and the north with very low vaccination numbers, and those numbers aren't moving. So it's one thing to say in Esquimalt, I'm not going to enforce this. Well, the fact is you're, 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 uh, audience your patrons are vaccinated whether you like it or not different situation in, in dawson creek where you've got a bakery or a pub there if they don't want to enforce this uh i don't think they will because uh most of their people who attend those premises are not vaccinated well yeah i mean if you've got if you're living in a city like dawson creek where half the population half your customers are not vaccinated you're going to tell half your customers you can't come in now? Which brings into question, um, how do you enforce this in yeah. some of these communities? Uh, it's Enforcement is less an issue in Kitsilino than it is in Dawson Creek and Fort St. John. It's less an issue in Westminster, Burnaby, where high vaccination rates. Vancouver Coastal and most of uh, Fraser Health, very high vaccination. Once you get to Chilliwack, the numbers start to go down. North Chilliwack, less than 70% vaccination. So it's more of an issue in places like that less of an issue in urban centers. Do you think the government has calculated this, the potential for businesses, especially in the in the north and interior, not to go along with it? Well, like, they, I mean, Adrian Dix was asked about this the other day, and he said, you know, he was asked, how is this going to be enforced? And he said, well, we have bylaw enforcement officers. Mm-hmm. I don't think you've got enough bylaw enforcement officers to police this all around the province. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, interesting, you go back at the beginning of the pandemic, remember we had those house parties. Yeah. Uh, shut down with bylaw officers uh, suddenly showing up and giving handing out tickets. There was a flurry of activity at the beginning. Then a bunch of tickets were handed out, and suddenly all that stuff stopped. So there was sort of a, a, a motivational tool there that you yeah. could face fines. I think it's gonna. We're probably gonna have to see some businesses fined in some of these low vaccination areas. Otherwise, I think the passport idea will largely be ignored in some of the smaller towns with think, low vaccinations. Do you think the government uh, knows knows exactly? 
that potential backlash or non-compliance and they're going ahead with it anyway because you know one of the rationales for this is they want to encourage people to get the vaccine like it's an incentive for people to get vaccinated and well, we're seeing some we're evidence seeing that it's so, working yeah for for week to week it was about 3200 3400 4000 um registrations a day for first doses very small number suddenly one day after the vaccination passport Adrian Dix talked about it. Uh, the numbers have uh, du- more than doubled. Let's play that right now. So here's Adrian Dix uh, discussing this precise point. Have a listen. On Monday, we saw kind of a one-day and immediate effect, I think, 174% increase in registrations over the previous week, which is very significant. On Tuesday, compared to the previous Tuesday, a 200% increase in registration. So we've seen that increase, and we saw the increase in the number of first-dose immunizations, which is really important. Remember, about 83.5% of people have been immunized in BC as of uh, as of uh, Tuesday night, and uh, that leaves us with 16.5%. So these these movements are really significant. Okay, Health Minister Adrian well, Dix, sir. It's going to be interesting. I haven't checked it, but I intend to check. Where is that increase occurring? Is it occurring in you know? There's still a lot of people. Even though percentage-wise, it's a very high vaccination rate in Vancouver, Surrey, Burnaby. But that's still, you know, if you've got 15% unvaccinated in these heavily populated areas. It still means about 70,000 people in Surrey aren't vaccinated. So are those of the people signing up now, registering, because they want to go to a Canucks game? They want to go to their favorite restaurant? Or is it people in Dawson Creek and Fort St. John suddenly registering? I have a feeling the numbers in Fort St. John and Dawson Creek really haven't moved in terms of registration increases. I think those registration increases are probably, again, in urban centers. I haven't checked yet. You know, I'm going to check today and check the tables. But my hunch is that uh, the number of vaccinations are going up again in urban centers, not uh, rural. Okay, how vulnerable is the government on a human rights complaint uh, with the way the vaccine card has been structured with no exemption for people who have a medical condition, albeit very rare, but there is a small number of people who can't take the vaccine for medical reasons. They're supposed to be protected under Mm -hmm. the BC Human Rights Code. You cannot discriminate people against them based on their uh, disability. So is the government vulnerable here to a court challenge? I think they are. Well, no, you don't think so? Well, no, no, potentially they are, for sure. Uh, interesting, Bloomberg uh, News had a good piece the other day, two days ago, online, pointing out that this this uh, view that so many people have medical uh, issues with vaccines is actually wrong. There's very, very few people. Well, there's still actually, some, though. Some, but we're talking tiny number of people. But one of those people will likely launch a human rights uh, violation uh, accusation. But because this vaccine a passport expires January 31st, our legal system is notoriously slow. I don't know if, if a court would resolve this or a human rights uh, branch would resolve this before the, the vaccine is, passport is actually expires. So that's, that's the issue here is that the timing is relatively a short window here, and we don't resolve a lot of le- uh, things legally in, in a very short window. Well, the fact that this card system is supposed to be temporary was also an argument that was advanced by Bonnie Henry this week as one of the reasons why they don't have an exemption. That's right. Like she was saying, well, it's, it's temporary anyway, so so it's okay. And actually, you know, these events that we're banning people from if they're not vaccinated, they're just like discretionary events anyway. Like you know, you know, your life doesn't your life doesn't depend mm-hmm. on going to a hockey game. I don't think that's going to stand up in court. Like well, if you're basically saying to people, you can't enjoy, you can't fully enjoy your life if well, you're not vaccinated. No, and if you can't be vaccinated, how can a government do that to you? Neither of us are lawyers, so I have no idea whether it stands up in court or not. But it, my point is, I don't think a court's going to weigh in on this before this thing expires. So it's, it may be a moot 
argue. Unless they argue for an injunction, injunction relief. Uh, yeah, I'd be more surprised if that were to be granted because courts are notorious on, on not being willing to jump into something like that. You saw the churches lose their a, a, a appeal back in uh, yeah. last year. Yeah. Uh, or earlier this year to to stop some of the health uh, proceedings. So, again, the courts, I think, are more reluctant to weigh in on that. But, again, I, I think the passport will probably expire before the courts render an ultimate decision on this. Do you think that you think it will really, the system really will be temporary? I mean, if, if we have to go I, to, like, a, a, third, a third booster shot, yeah. How are they going to, in January, say, well, you don't have to show the card anymore if what, you need to get, like, another shot? What if we get to a sixth wave? I mean, oh. there's emerging medical analysis that suggests that this is going to be with us forever. This, this will never disappear. It will be with us uh, for just... Well, does that mean the vaccine card never disappears it, then either? That could be. Well, does that not set up, like, a two-tier system of society or people who are not vaccinated? Well, you have that with measles. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you don't have to have an ID card for measles. Yeah, that with other vaccinations. But again, I think if we get to 90% uh, double dose, it becomes sort of an irrelevant argument because if Mm -hmm. 90% of the population is part of something, it's less of a less of an issue. Okay, I find it fascinating, uh, and we're going to oh, watch yeah, it very no. closely I, like to see I say, where it goes. It's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out in low vaccinated communities, because again, I don't not sure how it's going to be enforced with any effectiveness. I don't think we're if your point, WorkSafe BC has enough inspectors in Williams Lake to enforce this thing. Let me ask you just real quickly about the uh, the federal election campaign, and then we'll take a break and take some calls. Do you think that Aaron would like Aaron O'Toole? I think is having a pretty good campaign so far, yeah. maybe more more so than people think. And I think Trudeau is having a bad campaign. And one of the reasons I say that is I think Tr- O'Toole has come up with more interesting policies. Well, he's come up with uh, policies that aren't out of left field uh, or right field, if you want to put it that yeah. way. Uh, he's not he's not um, playing into the stereotypical conservative uh, image of um, of sort of, and certainly not the social conservative image. He's coming up with policies. They're a little outside the box, but they're not they're not crazy. They're they're interesting. And I think he's caught the Liberals off guard here. The Liberals campaign is sort of stalled and the polls are reflecting that. It's not just one poll. Series of polls. We had Ipsos for, for Global, but also Nanos, Ecos, a number of polls are su- suggesting now we're basically in a dead heat. Let me, uh, real quickly, like one of the interesting uh, policies he came up with yesterday was programs to protect gig workers. So like if you're an, an Uber driver or you're a, uh, you're a food delivery driver that the uh, conservative government would bring in some protections for you. So have a listen to this, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Aaron O'Toole, on this point yesterday. With Canada's recovery plan, we will require gig economy companies to make contributions equivalent to CPP and EI premiums into a new portable employee savings account every time they pay their workers. This will provide a safety net. Okay, as a conservative commercial, that's why you get the mood music in the background of it. But I guess the point is, it's an interesting policy idea that you, might, also, ex- you might expect to come from the liberals instead of these. Instead or, of the from the, or from the NDP. Yeah. I mean, that's a worker-friendly proposal uh, yeah. that's coming from the conservative party. So O'Toole is crafting a platform here that it defies expectations, where it's not crazy right-wing, it's pretty well-centrist. Welcome back. Keith Baldry is my guest. Baldry's beat. Let's go to your phone calls here. Marco in Surrey. Hi. Um, I have not been vaccinated, but I'm pushing towards getting vaccinated because of this That's good. Uh, new, new card coming in. But one frustration I have is watching everybody get vaccinated and still having to wear masks. I'm asking 
if we get this card going and you can only enter these places if you've been vaccinated, will that eliminate the mask for employees mm. and customers? Yeah, good question. Uh, we don't know the answer to that yet. Um, we're it's basically vaccines and mask wearing is designed to stop the transmission of the virus. You're in Surrey. Surrey had about 150 cases a week right now. Uh, so it's still tr- transmitting with high numbers, even though Surrey's vaccination rate is in, you know, the high 80% range. Plus, we're getting into the respiratory illness season in the, in the yeah. winter and people are spending more time in- indoors. So I don't, I think, you're I don't think the mask rule will be lifted anytime soon. That's a good point, too. I, uh, but again, I think a lot of people are just getting used to wearing masks indoors. And I think uh, w- one of the side issues or side happy things that happened last respiratory season, we didn't see any flu. Yeah. And you, you don't want to get the flu. Uh, so, again, respiratory illness season, maybe a lot of mask wearing keeps flu numbers down as well. David in North Vancouver, hi. Hi there. Um, I've tried to ask this question before, but you guys hang up on me, and I would just please ask that you let me finish the question. Um, there's a couple of conflicting numbers that I would like you guys to, to clear up. Um, number one, your, your uh, news broadcast this morning said 35% of cases in the hot are, are in bc right now are people who've been vaccinated that was your news broadcast but then barney henry is saying something else you're also reporting that 83 percent of people in bc have been vaccinated but you're also saying 1.9 million people haven't been vaccinated those numbers don't add up and then what does um you know vaccination sign up increase of 190 percent and then 200 percent really mean Okay, so a couple of things. Um, there's first dose vaccination rate of more than 83%. Second dose vac- fully uh, vaccinated uh, vaccination rate is in the 70%. In terms of um, number of, of cases, fully vaccinated cases make up about 11% of the total COVID cases. In between July 17th and August 17th, it was about 11% of those cases were fully vaccinated. In terms of hospitals, about the same number, same ratio. We're talking 88 to 11 percent. 88, 89 percent of the cases are in unvaccinated, and by that, that's uh, both non-vaccinated, like no doses at all, and first dose. But w- within that 89 percent, about 70 percent of that, 70 percent is completely non-vaccinated. About 20 percent is uh, people with one dose. In terms of hospitals, mm-hmm. this is it's the same ratio basically. So. Uh, if you get vaccinated, it really incre- uh, increases your protection from getting COVID and getting put in a hospital. Of the people who were in hospital in July 17th to August 17th, or in terms of all the cases, 17 deaths were in unvaccinated people. Five deaths were in fully vaccinated people. Of those people who were fully vaccinated, the last data batch we saw were people in their 80s and 90s. Okay, thank you, David, for the call. Jeff in Coquitlam. Playing uh, Euro League hockey for 25 years plus with about the same group of guys, and an email came out yesterday from our manager saying that uh, hockey's a go for September, but you must be fully vaccinated to play. The emails are coming in fast and furious with the word "no." I'm out. I'm out. I doubt we'll have a team this year because hey, guys what, uh, what, don't want to get vaccinated. Where are you calling from? He's in Coquitlam. Uh, well, Coquitlam has a vaccination rate nearing ninety percent. So, I mean, your your hockey team is very much in the minority here, uh, which surprises me that hockey players would somehow be part of that ten percent unvaccinated group. 